This is the Dome Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Matt DeBritz. Well, Syracuse falls to Virginia 73-66. Virginia led by 23 points at one point in the second half. And we've all seen this movie before. Same old story. Virginia dominates for most of the game. Syracuse goes to a press or speeds off the offense, and the game gets interesting, but then Virginia executes more towards the end, and they win. Same old story. And also same old story, Tony Bennett seems to understand how to break the zone and has a strategy against Syracuse every single time. And Syracuse seems to throw crap at the wall every time, hoping they can beat Virginia when they have the blueprint for what it takes to win. Watching Bennett, he put Kihei Clark, the little five foot nine or whatever he is, point guard in the middle of the zone, and he picked it apart. He had 11 assists. He only had five points, but his role was just to pass out of the zone. And he was finding guys for three pointers. He was finding guys in the lane for dunks, enough to build up that whole lane. Just to put in perspective, Syracuse had 15 assists total, their whole team, and he and Clark had 11. So that was number one strategy Bennett had. The second strategy he had was the double team Edwards every time he touched the ball. It didn't matter if he was 10 feet from the basket, seven feet from the basket. A second guy was coming for Edwards every single time and Edwards struggled. He couldn't pass the ball out of the the post ball at times, or he lost the ball or he took a bad shot. He ended up not playing most of the second half. Hema did. And, you know, Edwards had four turnovers. He still had 10 rebounds, but he couldn't do anything offensively. And if you've watched this podcast or listened to this podcast before, or just look at Syracuse win loss record, you know, it's Gerard and Edwards have to play well together for them to win. And so guess what? Bennett probably looked at those tapes as well and said, we're going to take away Edwards because Gerard will make his shots here and there, but we'll take our chances and let's not let Edwards dominate. And that's what they did. But even with all that, and by the way, Benny Williams, didn't play some illness, not COVID, but didn't play for some illness. They already put Syracuse down. But even with all that and not great play in the first half, Syracuse only down nine points, 35-26 at the half. And I said, this would be a great place to press right out of the second half, top of the second half. Just press them, and then it will be a dogfight. What did Syracuse do? They went back into the zone. What Virginia do? Built a 23-point lead. And it's really hard to come back from 23 points. Yes, Syracuse came back in Virginia years ago in that sweet 2016 Final Eight matchup where Syracuse came back to win and go to, to the Final Four. Yes. And at other points when Syracuse goes to the pressure defense full court against Virginia, they struggle. So why is it after how many times You've played Virginia. You don't just start with the press. Jim Beheim said in two or three other uh, post-game press conferences, the the press is not a long-term solution. You don't need long-term solutions. You need short-term solutions because every game that you lose at this point, your chances of making the NCAA tournament is slimmer and slimmer and slimmer, okay? Especially this chance because Virginia is a ranked team. They have a high net ranking. They're going to be a tournament team. So if you beat Virginia in Virginia, that weighs a lot more. But no, let's play zone defense. Let's get our butt kicked all over the court and get worked all over the court. And then let's go to the, let's go to the pressure 
and let's make a game of it. Oh, wait, Syracuse in the second half outscored Virginia 40 to 38. All right. Virginia didn't score for, I don't know, how many minutes did they didn't score for? They had like three field goals for like 12 minutes, and Syracuse still couldn't win. Why? Because they were down by 23. It's it's really hard to come back by 23. So why at this point do you not know the blueprint <laughs> to play Virginia? It's pressure. It's play fast. That's your only chance against them. They have better players. They have a better strategy, and they've owned Syracuse. Yes, the 2016 game, yes, for sure. But since then, Virginia's won a championship. Syracuse has not. Virginia's won several ACC regular seasons, and they've won a few uh, ACC tournaments. Syracuse has not. And you just want to take a snapshot of when Bennett arrived versus Syracuse. He owns them. And Everyone that's watched the Syracuse-Virginia game has seen the movie of pressure, defense, or, or, I mean, full-court press, and it gives Virginia a hard time. I said before the game, one way to maybe expose Virginia is to double-team Clark when he's bringing the ball up. But I didn't see that once in the game. I just don't know what to say anymore. I mean, you could you go back and look at a podcast post-Virginia game Probably last year, the year before, I probably said the same exact thing. I'm not going to go look at it because it will just depress me because they they own Syracuse. To back up some actual stats with my rant, so Virginia and Syracuse have played now 14 times since Syracuse joined the ACC in 2013-2014. Virginia has won 11 of those games. Syracuse have won three. Yes, I know that. The three games were all pretty dramatic 2016 the final eight game i've already mentioned that but as i also mentioned virginia then won the national championship in 2019 so winning the championship is better than winning the final eight and go to the, the final four okay that's one the other game syracuse won was they came back a lot the next season 2017 where syracuse didn't make the tournament but they beat virginia and then in 2020, that overtime game, it was the Buddy Beheim like, like half court almost shot, not to win it, but like to give them a substantial lead, and they won an overtime in Charlottesville in 2020. So three times. So that's that part. The Virginia, you know, Syracuse rivalry, not really, but a couple more plays that kind of happened throughout the game today that I thought were key is twice, at least twice. I saw a missed layup by Syracuse and a three by Virginia on the other side. That's 10 points. They lost by seven. I mean, you know, it, the margin for error is so slim and you just can't make that many mistakes. If you want to make the NCAA tournament, it's, it's getting tougher and tougher. So, you know, I listened to Jim Mayheim's press conference. He said, you know, Edwards is struggling. He said, Virginia didn't do anything special to stop him. I disagree. He, he got double teamed at every single play and they came really fast when he came for it. And he just wasn't catching the ball in the spot. Maybe that was an effective spot for him. And the simplest way to get a big man going is get him an easy basket early. So if you want to get Jesse Edwards back playing better, I think you got to get him an early bucket against Virginia tech on Wednesday, because as I already mentioned, 
if Edwards has a bad game and Gerard has a bad game or you know one or the other, it's hard for Syracuse to win. You know, Jesse Edwards has to have a double double, even if it's just 10 points and 15 rebounds, he needs to get that for them to win. Uh, he can't put up four points. It's just not going to work for them. And I've said this a million times as well. You know, if you play faster, he gets easier buckets. He even runs the floor and he's excited about it. It seems to me. And then he gets blocks on the other end. And then the rest of the guys who come in can easily get dunks and blocks. The other storyline was Justin Taylor and Malik Brown, a homecoming of sorts. Taylor from Charlottesville, recruited by Virginia, decided to go to Syracuse. He had seven points. He was three for seven from the field. Uh, the shots he made were pretty tough shots. But as I've talked about Brown a lot in this podcast, he's a solid player and he does his job. Ten points, eight rebounds, three for six shooting, four for six from the line. And, you know, the guy just is a solid player. You know, he, he gets in there, he mixes it up, doesn't mind going hard to the basket. And that's the guy you need at points. More big picture stuff. You know, I was watching a lot of college basketball today. In Boston College and Duke played pretty much to the wire. And Boston College had several opportunities to beat Duke. Duke didn't have Roach, their best player, but still that Duke's beatable. Um, so Syracuse could beat Duke and get that kind of win. Uh, but how about this? Clemson is 5-0 and and lead the ACC. Let me say that again. Clemson's 5-0 and in conference, 13-3 and overall, and they lead the ACC. And after that's Miami 4-1, and Pittsburgh 4-1, and then Virginia, then Duke. I don't know if I ever say that again. We'll see what happens the rest of the season, but it's early still. I know there's a lot of games to be played, but for Clemson to be 5-0, and that's interesting, right? That's all I really have for the Dome Dog podcast tonight. As you can see, I'm, I'm really frustrated with um, Bayheim and uh, the team um, not playing a certain style. Uh, he, you know, someone asked a question in the press conference, how come they had so many assists? And Beheim said, I've explained this a hundred times. We play a zone defense that there's always a pass out of, around the zones. So that's why they have so many more assists. And our offense, it's more screening and rolling. Or the other team passes the ball a lot more also. And they had a good strategy with Keon Hey Clark in the middle of the zone. Or that. But <laughs> you know, it's just it's it's hard to watch and it's hard to listen that rhetoric time and time again it's like that may be the case and whatever your analytics or your stat sheets tell you fine but the bottom line is they beat you again so what are you gonna do next time you play them do the same thing again and lose concede i don't want to see that and Syracuse fans don't want to either okay that's really it now i pulled the howard stern there where he acts like he's gonna end the interview and then he asks like three more questions but anyways um check me out on social media whether it's uh twitter facebook uh of course youtube if you're watching on youtube thank you subscribe please uh facebook i have my own group facebook.com slash group slash dome dog pod uh hit me up you can become a member if you're into syracuse basketball uh instagram tiktok now and if you want to just do uh Go straight to the podcast. Go to dome.podcast.com. We'll take you to the audio podcast right away. Or on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, on Audible. Anyway, you find your podcast. But, you know, I don't know if that's such a great strategy. I think you should go right to go dome.podcast.com if you just want the audio. Or check my many posts. I'll post it 
tonight after this is done on various things. Have a good night, everybody.